Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to the seventh episode of the Short Track Talk podcast. Today, we have a very special interview with a really special writer. She's had a really good season, we could say. She is number one overall ranking in the UCI this year. She's won two World Cups, and she races for the Thomas Maxim team. So for those who don't know who I'm talking about yet, today we have here with us Alessandra Keller. Good morning, Alessandra. How are you doing today? All good. And how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. I'm uh, really excited to do this interview. First of all, thank you for coming. I really appreciate it to have you here. I know you haven't just finished your season yet, as you will be racing this season in the Swiss National Cup. So how are you feeling for the race this weekend? Well, I mean, I delivered for this season, so that's for sure. And I had many events. I had appointments, media stuff. So the training was basically just the second task for me. But I really wanted to use that momentum. And therefore, I mean, I'm excited to rest to race the Swiss Cup, but I'm also aware of the fact that like the preparation is okay, but not great. Yeah. So you have to let us know, are you going on holiday somewhere or do you just want to rest? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wanted to do all these media stuff, events and everything. So I was aware that um, it's not really holiday. So if I go straight into off season, I won't recharge my batteries because there's so much going on. So I decided to race uh, the two more Swiss Cups. And then after that, I'm going to go on holiday. But that's just like mid-October. And then I'm going to do two weeks completely off without buying and then recharge the batteries. So then we are ready for the next season. So how would you describe this season? I imagine it's been very special for you. Best season in your career yet. It's been an emotional roller coaster. I imagine. So how have you felt it from inside? Yeah, for me, I mean, starting at the beginning of the season, I went into the season and tried to restart where I was in 2018, basically. And then I wanted to deliver constantly. And from race to race, I improved a little bit. And then for sure, at the end, was better than I ever expected. And I mean, I couldn't expect that I win the both overalls. But it's just a very, it was very, it was a very great season for me, and I'm just very thankful and grateful for those who were part of the progress and and also supported me during the hard season. So that's, um, yeah, a salary for everyone basically. Absolutely, uh, it must have been a very very special year for you. How does it feel to, after putting all that work and all that time and all that sacrifice, to finally uh, lifting your first Elite World Cup in Andorra? Um, I mean, I won there in 2018, um, the Short Track World Cup. And then so I did um, basically three years later. And when I won it in 2018, it was just everything great. And yeah, I mean, I just went with the flow. And then I had three really hard years. And then winning again a short track World Cup was a big honor to me. And it just showed me that if you believe and you don't give up, even during hard times, your reward will come somewhere, someone. And yeah, to me, it was just a very great feeling. And It gave me even more motivation for what came later. And then, yeah, that's basically the thing that, yeah, for It, me. Absolutely. Uh, it clearly gave you a lot of motivation uh, seeing the results that came after. And now leaving this season that we'll talk a little bit more later on. 
I wanted to ask you, how did Alessandra Keller first get on a bike when she was a kid? Um, I mean, I learned how to cycle, but I never did mountain biking. And then I grew up like with different sports. So I did skiing, I did biathlon, I did running, well, athletics. And I actually loved endurance. And then I played ice hockey and my parents were like, you still have too much energy. Then I said, yeah you want to try out a mountain bike and then I went to a mountain bike club and from time from time to time it went on and I mean I did my first races I went international I went racing internationally and then it just stepped up so it was basically having too much energy for your parents yeah. <laughs> I mean I've also found a lot of pleasure in mountain biking being out in the nature and you know there was always something going on and I could improve and develop and that really yeah I would definitely say it's taking you somewhere uh it's it's definitely uh, played a big role for you mountain bike through your life I imagine and then how was it uh those first years you started racing in 2013 internationally first year racing internationally you go third in the European championships in the junior category and you're a world champion so how was that for you yeah, I I went to like a non-sports school. I just went to the normal high school and I did my graduation. And I my parents always told me if you if you deliver in school and you get good marks, you can also train a lot. And I knew I just wanted to perform in school as well as in cycling. And then I had the opportunity in 2013 to go to World Champs. And I won a World Cup before in Andorra as a junior. And then I got selected for World Champs. But my parents first were like, well, yeah, you missed one week of school and everything. And then I was, okay, but dad, would you come with? And then he said like, yes, you're just 17. So I come with. And then we went to World Champs and then I won. And that was actually quite surprising because we, I never got pushed. I just wanted to do it myself. And I knew I can, yeah, fight internationally, but I didn't know how good. So it was a really cool uh, experience. And yeah, it even motivated me to see like, yeah, the, the older ones, the professional athletes. And then I wanted to be like them. And then, yeah, it somehow developed my career. And of course, uh, once you're in the World Championships, you see all the atmosphere, uh, the event, you see all the riders, uh, you picture yourself, your idols. And of course, that plays a big role. And especially you being your first year racing in World Champs and you win them. So it must have been a really special experience. It was also really interesting that to be your first World Champs, it was in South Africa. So for us living in Europe, it's it's a bit far away. So I imagine the whole trip and the whole week must have been a really good experience. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was really special and, you know, it was everything excited. And yeah, I mean, even better if you perform, right? So it was also a big motivation to see that, whoa, I wanted to do that even when I'm older. Of course. And then the following year, 2014, you are European champion too. So still junior category. Oh, well, you go to world championships. Uh, you go fourth, I think. So how is it seeing your evolution through those years, seeing that you were performing really well, that you were with the best riders in the world and that you had to make a decision whether you wanted to become professional or not? Um, to me, it was like I always been a good athlete, but I haven't been the one who won like 
everything, you know. I always had other really strong riders in the same age or around me. And that actually also pushed me to to develop myself. And then I did my graduation, but I didn't turn to be a professional athlete right away. So I went to university for four years and started studying. And then in 2019, I became professional athlete. But to me, I always compare myself with, you know, being consistent. And I've never been the one who who went away so uh, so far and then came back to the rest of the athletes. I always been there right in on top, but never on top, top or far away. So that consistency started actually when I was a young athlete. Yeah. Yes, I understand what you mean. Uh, basically, uh, not being always one of the best athletes that it's clear you're going to be a professional, just being there between the best, but always having to make those hard decisions, whether to risk it all or not. So that's, uh, once again, something really to fall and to admire the sacrifice and the passion and all the hard work you put in there. And uh, you said you went to university. If you don't mind me asking, what did you study there? Um, I never finished or I don't have a graduation because I quit before before that. And I, I started uh, pharmacy. And how was uh, those years that you spent in university uh, dealing uh, between studying and racing and training? I mean, it learned me a lot, that's for sure. I mean, as an athlete, to have like two things in life that matters is really hard to combine. But you learn like that you need a, you need a lot of planning and you need like a clear plan and the schedule and everything to actually combine it. And that was for sure one of the big things, like the organization to do both things and to perform at a certain time in each from those two topics. And to me, I would never miss that I started university, but it's good that I'm just professional right now because, yeah, towards the really top, it gets, uh, yeah, the, the air is really thin and you need to invest and give a lot of power to be to become the very best. And uh, I just saw that I had still a lot to improve in cycling as well as actually in university. So then I decided that my heart or my biggest passion is actually cycling. And then, yeah, I turned to be a professional. I think it was a really clever decision there. And as you mentioned, having uh, both the world of studying and the world of racing internationally and competing, it does require a lot of time. And especially to be at the level where you're at, it requires a lot of sacrifice, not only on the bike, but also outside of the bike with training, uh, nutrition, hours of sleep. Everything really counts at that point. So you have to end up making a choice. And for you, it clearly turned out well. I imagine studying uh, gave you also a big big way of learning the sacrifice and the routines. And again, I hear you are right now, uh, winner of the overall general, both of cross country and short track uh, general UCI championships. So, and we've talked about studying. We've talked about a little bit about the season. What is it you enjoy doing when you're not on the bike? Um, I'm, I'm, I just love sports. I mean, I love the nature. I love uh, moving or running or just doing sports like in general and just spending time with my family in the nature that means a lot of to me but I'm also interested in scientific stuff 
Um, I try to develop myself as a professional athlete and therefore I try to read stuff about performance or yeah just a big variation of topics so I guess yeah I can do stuff inside I can do stuff outside but what I basically love is that I can do sports and that's what also what I like to do in off season, not on the bike, but also maybe a little hike or something like this. So basically staying with a very active life for yourself and especially in Switzerland with all the, all the nature and the mountains must be, must be a really active life and an amazing life with all, all those views. Okay. So we yeah. mentioned, uh, we've mentioned the hobbies. How was it uh, last year? It must have been a difficult year for you, I imagine, because you were in the top 15, top 20 of the world, top 10 sometimes, but you didn't get selected for going to the Olympic Games, which I imagine it was one of your goals. So how is uh, knowing about that and how is getting over that to be where you are right now? Yeah, I mean, for sure, Olympics are a dream of every athlete. I mean, we actually count the years in Olympic circles, four years to the next Olympics, four years to the next Olympics. And to me, it was a real goal to make it to the Olympics. And then I ruptured my ligaments. I needed surgery and I was injured at the beginning of the year. And my rehab was, yeah, I spent 24 hours to get as fast as possible back on my bike. And that's what I did. But it was not enough time to really make it yeah, to the very top or I mean into top 10 in that short amount of time I had for my rehab. And then there were just simply three better Swiss girls and they did a really good job and they got selected. So that's how sports is. And I mean, sports doesn't know any sorry or yeah that was an injury or something like this it's the result that counts and my result was simply not good enough in the last two races and to me it was for sure very hard but I always try to see the chance I'm getting out of it and after this year's season for sure it makes it easier to look back on 2021 but during the season there was a lot of hard stuff because I tried hard I gave my very best as well as I did this year but it just didn't turn out how I wished and I mean I learned a lot that's for sure I also learned that it never goes or it not always goes according to plan. And yeah, then we just adapt and go on and not giving up is also an option and just moving forward. And if you stick to your plan and you don't question too much, then you will somewhere end up where you're actually aiming for. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's all about sacrifice and constants and being persistent with your goal that no matter how many how many obstacles you got through the way you'll be able to get over them to where you want to go. So could we call Paris your next big objective in two years, which is right around the corner, is not next season, but the following one. So have you got that between your eyes and on your sight? Yeah, for sure. Paris is one of the goal, one of my goals. But, you know, it was very close. I didn't make it to the Olympics twice. And there's only going to be two athletes in Paris. And therefore, I know that the Olympic is a dream and is a goal of me, but it's not everything. I learned that because there's always other opportunities or other highlights coming. So 
to me, I count in, I count until 2024 and then I will check the whole situation again. But for sure, um, yeah, it's a big goal, but it's not everything to me. Of course, uh, what you're saying right now, what you're explaining, it's a really good way of seeing life, I think, because sometimes uh, no matter uh, what the, the objective is, sometimes it's really, really hard to be able to achieve it. So it's good to have different objectives and different goals so you don't focus yourself only on one and uh, you don't feel uh, completely defeated when that goal doesn't come sometimes. Uh, what you're saying is totally right. Uh, they've changed the way of how the countries are going to have positions this year on the races. There will only be two positions for each country, uh, different to Tokyo, where the best countries have three athletes on the race. So that's going to be something, a really interesting battle, I think. And I'm sure you will be there battling for it. But if, uh, but uh, I'm sure with your all your hard work, you'll be able to achieve your goal. And then I was I was taking a look at all the results this year. I know I saw his podiums in the World Cup. So <laughs> I imagine it was something really special for you. But uh, how was, first of all, starting this year, uh, Abstad was the first World Cup. After all, everything that you mentioned before, having the injury last season, not being able to make the Olympics, and then you start off the season with a fifth position on and on the podium. How is that feeling for you? And was it motivating to actually say, "Hey, this year I'm here, and this year I, I'm going to work even harder to be able to achieve my goals"? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be precise, the very first World Cup was in Brazil. And I finished both of the um, World Cup short track as well as um, cross country in the top eight. And it was good, but it was I was like not quite satisfied, but I knew I can build on from that. And then we made it to Alfstad. And as you said, um, I made it on the podium. And that was actually a goal for me to make it on the podium in this year, in this year's season. And I just tried to take race from race and develop from race to race because sometimes I I put too much pressure on myself actually and no no one else not the team not like the people around me put pressure on me but it was me that put pressure on me and then sometimes I just didn't perform how I wanted to or the position um I wished for and then somehow yeah I mean, I tried to do the short track and then just be happy with, with what I got. And then I went on to the next race. And that I made it on the World Cup podium already in Alpstadt was a big highlight for me. And then it gave me back the self-confidence I was missing because I had three years that I was injured and there was COVID and didn't make it to the Olympics. So I somehow missed some self-confidence and this gave me, gave it, this gave it back to me that I knew like you actually can race for the podium. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it must have been a blow of confidence. I was I was talking about that uh, last week on the interview with Gwen Gibson, that sometimes when you're not having uh, best times, uh, having a good result and uh, one of the goals you're aiming for just gives you that little push that you need sometimes, not physically because you've got the work there, but mentally to be able to be where you are, where you want to go. So I have to ask, at the beginning of the season, could you have ever imagined how your season was going to go this year? Well, to be honest, no. I mean, even when we went to North America, Red Bull TV, for example, invited me for an interview. And then they said, yeah, for the overall, for cross country, um, who 
I mean, there's four top contenders. Who is the one? Who is the most or the most important to you? And I named four girls, but I didn't name myself. And then they said, "No, you're here because um, you're one of the contenders." And then, I mean. In Valdisola, I won the overall and yeah, I still can't believe it that it turned out that well. And for sure, I take it as a huge reward for the work and I take it as a huge reward for the team. And it's very cool. But I, yeah, I also see the reality that, um, yeah, it's going to go on and I have to work hard on to achieve the, to achieve other results. Yeah, that's for sure. But it's a very great season. It has been a very great season, and I never expected it to be that good at the beginning of the year. Uh, just because, yeah, you never know how it's going to turn out with everything that can happen. I completely agree with what what you were saying. Uh, when you start a season, you can put in all the work, but for example, like it happened with you, you have an injury. Sometimes it just doesn't go as you plan, or maybe you take a fall in the middle of the season to just break your season over. And you were mentioning that uh, the general championships, both uh, that you won, it was not only a reward for you, but a reward for the team because uh, it's the importance not only of the rider, but of everybody who's supporting behind all the mechanicals, the team managers, all the teammates. So how would you say, how would you describe the atmosphere in the team this year for you with everything that's been going on? The atmosphere in our team. I mean, an athlete is actually the one who is at the start line and, and the one who gets all the attention. And if he performs or misperforms, he's the one who has it in his own hands. But a race team is only, or a race athlete is only as good as the race team. And in our team, it's for sure special that we are like a family. We have a, a very good spirit and we have people who are who have the same intention as we have and we try to go or they all go the extra mile to yeah to support the athlete or the whole team the best they can and that's really special and I mean we spent two weeks overseas and we just spent a very good time next to all the racing and that's something if you love to go with your team somewhere it makes it so much easier and it for sure makes it so much cooler and even better to perform and yeah it's it's a, I can't wish for a better team and that's for sure how we develop and how we work together and the other hand is for sure that um, we're all or everyone in the team is very professional and one of the best in his in his part or, or for example the mechanic tries to be the best mechanic um with bikes and so everyone develops in his in his part and that's makes it for sure a special combination yes uh like you were saying everybody puts in the work and that's what contributes to the final results of the athlete and like you were saying sometimes the attention only shows on the athlete but there's a lot of people behind supporting and helping and like you were mentioning uh the atmosphere in the team is really important many times as you do spend a lot of time traveling abroad and spending weeks overseas with the team and that's the people you who you're with. So having a good atmosphere and having fun with them, it's really important. And uh, talking a little bit about the team now, uh, could you tell us uh, something funny that happened this season with the team that you can tell on public? True. <laughs> Um, honestly, we have so many funny situations. Um, 
because everyone tries to be himself and he's accepted the way he is or she is. And I can't think of a typical example, but if you if you would come into our tent, you for sure feel the atmosphere that it that is funny and that we we are here for jokes and we're always up for a joke. And yeah, it's it's for sure a very cool thing. Uh, that's that's really good to hear. Uh, having a like we just said, having a good team atmosphere is just uh, is as important as having a good physical condition. And uh, now uh, asking a little bit more of a personal question, could you tell us uh, one of the toughest moments you've had so far through your cycling season? Because sometimes you only hear about the good stories and the good and the good endings, but I also like to talk about the tough moments to. Be, be able and to let the people know that there are also tough moments and not only good moments in, in a professional's career. Yeah, for sure. Um, this season, I mean, uh, we are all human beings, right? So we have all that human aspect. And for sure, when that whole case happened to my teammate, Matthias Flückiger, that was for sure one of the toughest, toughest situations for the whole of the team. To see those people from the human side, that was honestly uh, one of the hardest things. And I mean, it just shows that what we're doing is actually a game. A game we're playing and it matters to us the most, but it doesn't really matter to everyone. And just to see people, yeah, how how fast they can end and or how fast they can change your actual situation from very high to very low. That was for sure one one really hard thing. And yeah, it must have been a difficult moment and also a learning moment because uh, you were having a great team atmosphere, both Matthias and you were performing really well on the results and having all that case uh, come to public and well then it was resolved but uh, the public and all the attention it gets it does really play a big role both in the team and of the athletes that belong to it as there are many consequences to it so you being able to speak in public and explain the situation already says a lot about yourself so now we've talked about uh, one of the bad moments of the season and I want you also to tell me one of the happiest ones. Uh, one of the happiest ones was for sure when I won both the overalls. But it was also when I won that uh, wise title in short track world champs. You know, we do we or most of the athletes do it for the win. We do it for the titles. We do it for the championships. And um, I also went to the to short track world champs to actually be in the very front. But then I crashed and I dropped back to place sixteen. And um, I had three laps to go and just went all in and ended on second place. And to me, it felt like a win. And for sure, I count the wins, but. Those situations, they get, just gave gave me motivation. And yeah, I sh- it just makes me proud because that's my philosophy and that's the way, way I wanted to race, to fight until the finish line and just to show in every situation the best performance. And to me, that if, if people ask me about the great moment, for sure, the wins are all the great moments, but those wins are also like wins. I understand what you mean. Uh, sometimes it's not about holding the title, 
at having one of those small wins, like you mentioned, for you taking the crash and making a huge comeback with all that motivation because that race was truly amazing. Your comeback after taking the fall, uh, you were there in the front, uh, you crashed and you fell back a bit. And then uh, seeing you on the podium, it was it was crazy. The whole comeback through the race, it was really crazy. So like you were saying, uh, the importance of those small moments I'd say is one of the best parts of the sport rather than the big moments and what everybody sees on TV and on social media. Uh, so thank you for sharing that moment with us. And I was going to ask you before, but I fully forgot. I saw that after Valdi Sole, you decided to race in the Swiss National Championships of electric mountain bike. So how is that experience for you, changing the bike with something with an engine and uh, being able to adapt to it and race in the national champs? Well, you know, it was my team who actually organized that event and that race. And honestly, I didn't prepare for that race. I mean, it was a week after World Ch uh, no, after World Cup finals in Val di Sole. And I just went there to give something back to the organizer and just to show the respect because those guys, they do a lot of, for me. So I also wanted to do something for them. And uh, I enjoyed having a good track and racing on my e-bike, but for sure, if I wanted to do that, I need a lot of training, that's for sure. And I just thought that it's like impossible without training to be just somewhere in the front. And to be honest, I like mountain bike the most, cross country. <laughs> <laughs> and how is how is racing on the e-bike? Was it something fun? And did you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed more um, with doing mountain bike laps or big tours than racing with a mountain bike because you're anyway like at the limit of the engine and um it was just fun and it was a very very cool track so i actually enjoyed that well uh that's really good to hear it's it's an evolving discipline still and it's a growing discipline too so it's good to see how sometimes uh professional riders like you decide to just sign up for one of those races and see you perform there it's something different to what everybody's used to seeing and a little bit of a it's an abstract question because there's many answers to it but what would you say the best part of the sport is for you of mountain biking in general over racing in general um to me it's that you meet good friends or you meet people through the sports and sports connect all over the world that's one thing and the other thing is just spending time with exactly these people on mountain bike trails and having fun that's for sure one of the things i love why i love cycling that much and the other and from the racing side is that drive or bringing your your body to the top performance or to the limit and testing these limits and finding out what what's actually the best for you that's a really cool thing and it's never it's a never-ending story so for sure that's what i'm interested in and that's what also makes that sport so cool uh, yes uh, like you were saying uh, sports bring a lot of people together a lot of relationships are built upon sport. And I'm sure you've got uh, many friends among the riders you're racing against. But I'm going to ask you a bit of a, of a sassy question, if you can call it like that, a bit of a spicy question. Is there someone you have a really good relationship with, someone you're really close to, but you really, really enjoy racing against that person and you have a competitive relationship with, with her in this case? Um. I mean, I like many of the I like many of the girls racing, and for sure, for me, it's very special 
to race with Kate Courtney because we race since we were very young together and we always had respect from each other. Um, one performed, the other perf- misperformed, or we both performed, or we just had battles and we we meet for coffees and we have fun and we ha- we talk to each other and that's for sure a really cool thing because we show respect to each other, but still we we can chat and be honest to each other and that's cool. Yes, uh, like you were saying, uh, one of the things uh, that brings uh together people is sport. And in this case, having a healthy competitive relationship with people, it also adds sometimes more motivation to the sport. Like, hey, Kate did a good race today. I want to have a good race too. Uh, that's uh, really, really good. I find uh, in mountain bike, the atmosphere sometimes is very different to the sports because in some other sports, uh, athletes don't have such good relationships with each other. But in mountain bike, mostly in general, Everything is good atmosphere and relaxed, and the public is there to cheer everyone, not just for one rider. And is there in Andorra? We were saying uh, you won your first World Cup as a junior. Uh, you've won an elite World Cup there, and you've had uh, very good results there throughout the years. And is, for example, is it Andorra, or do you have a favorite track you really like to race in? For example, in Lenter Heide when you're at home. Yeah, for sure. Orlando Highway is one of the best tracks. And also, it's special to race at home. Um, but on the other hand, um, like if you look at my profile as a rider, I'm not specifically great at one, at, at one thing. So I'm actually medium everywhere, but that medium makes me love every single track with its profile. I like it technical, I like the climbing, I like... If it goes up and down, it just depends. And yeah, that's that's very special to me. And that's that's why I don't really prefer or hate some of the tracks. Oh, uh, that's totally understandable. Uh, to just uh, enjoy riding in general everywhere and anywhere. And it is true that the crowds everywhere in the world are always there to cheer. And it's really amazing to see that especially after COVID when everything was so restricted and racing was a little bit different, if we can call it like that, uh, being able to see this year the whole cycling atmosphere back at it again, it was really something special and something really, really good and really amazing to see. And now uh, changing a little bit of the topic and asking uh, some different questions, if we can call it like that, uh, starting to come to an end. What is it uh, you would have liked to do if you did, weren't on a bike? Have you ever thought about it? Um, if I would not be a professional cyclist, I probably would like to do, or I mean, it's never too late, that's for sure, but being a pilot or, yeah, having, or, yeah, doing the helicopter license, I mean, that would be a dream of me, but I mean... It's just a dream, and I have many dreams, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's just one I can say here, and uh, yeah, we will we will see how how the career goes on and how everything develops. But for sure, I have many ideas and things to do, and uh, I wanted I would do if if I if I'm not professional anymore. But at the moment, everything's focused on that, and for sure, there's a lot of work coming up. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, uh, you've still got many years left uh, riding on the circuit. You're a very young rider, only 26, so that's plenty of time uh, to still ha- get some good results and achieve 
uh, some dreams, uh, like you mentioned, such as the Olympic Games or some other goals I'm sure you have in your head uh, right now. So, uh, well, is there a goal you can share that you have for next season or just uh, to be as good as this season in general? Honestly, my season planning for 2023 is not there yet. <laughs> I mean, uh, I... I just focused on Valdi Sole and then I had a lot of events, celebration, a lot of things going on and I just didn't have the time to do a proper preparation schedule for next year. But I mean, I'm never out of goals. So for sure, world champs and European champs were one of the big goals for next year. And there's also a qualification or select selection for um. But the Olympics coming on. So, yeah, I mean, for sure, I have some goals, but they're not too specific yet because I don't have a clear schedule. I just go on holidays first and then reset all the um, everything and recharge the batteries. And then we we're ready to go for 2023. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. After having such an intense season and spending so much time, so much training and so much sacrifice on it. Uh, it definitely does uh, play a role to have some vacation and to have some time away from the bike to be able to, like you were saying at the beginning, uh, recharging the batteries, not only of the bike, but also of your head and of your body, that a good a good rest is always needed. And one of the last questions I'm going to ask you, changing a little bit of topic, is not something people usually talk about, And it's something I like to ask. I haven't asked that yet, but the question just came out to my mind and I thought it'd be interesting to ask. So uh, in terms of training, I'm sure you got uh, your own trainer, which says uh, all the practices and the training uh, you have to do. And in terms of food, uh, do you follow any any instructions from a nutritionist maybe or somebody that knows a little bit about the topic and that helps you uh, to tell this is what you need to eat now uh, pre-race after race uh, with the traveling or do you just eat what you want and what you like and what you think is best for you uh, my philosophy as an athlete is actually to have in every single part or part of the puzzle uh, one of the best and uh, a specialist so I also have one in nutrition but this guy just helps me like with race food and honestly there is many problems in women's cycling uh, with related to weight and food restriction so I just try to have like a normal habit and try to be yeah just a normal person for sure it's a philosophy to be a sports person and to be to be a professional athlete and I would never feed my my body with just shit food right because what i put into my body is my my power and my engine is only going really well if it gets good food but i have people who support me in um in the race nutrition that's for sure and it also helps me to develop during a hard period of training or what's the right nutrition. And it's my own interest to develop me as an athlete in this part as well. So yeah, for sure, it's uh, important to have people there in this topic because we're in a power to weight related boards. That's that's for sure. Uh, yes, uh, like you were saying, uh, the, one of the reasons I asked the question is because it's been... Uh, Evie Richards uh, came public a few weeks ago saying that she had struggled with that 
and that she really didn't like to see uh, some athletes just posting the weight on on social media and making others feel pressure. So I thought it'd be something really interesting to ask. And uh, you're, I really like your answer because like you were saying, uh, what you eat is what powers you and it's your fuel for the races. So sometimes under eating and uh, not eating at all, it just doesn't help at all because then you have no energy for races. Yeah. So. That's a whole whole topic itself. But yeah, for sure. Every every athlete has his own philosophy and I just try to be as healthy as possible. And to whenever I wanted to stop my career, I can stop my career and have a family. That's one of the most important things to me. And yeah, everyone does it write his own story and mine is yeah, exactly. And uh, now uh, talking a little bit about nutrition. Uh, do you have a cheat meal that you really like to eat, but that you only allow yourself from time to time because you know it's not it's not ideal. It's not bad either, but it's not ideal for raising. Mm, I mean, I don't eat uh, French fries before a race. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I mean, I eat chocolate the whole year, just in a in the amount in a normal amount, and therefore I never have something I just at the end of the season like crazily so yeah nothing well, that's really good to hear uh at as just a good philosophy in general i'd say of and it also provides with a really healthy relationship with the sport uh like you're saying uh being able to enjoy but also uh put some sacrifice itself so now coming to an end for sure uh, no more questions well one more and probably one of the most difficult ones let me tell you uh thank you for coming and uh to finish off the interview i would like you to tell me a song to put at the end of the podcast uh something you enjoy listening to or something that motivates you or something that you just like in general I'm actually listening to every song of hip hop, but what I listen to is before the race, I have like a playlist and one of one of the songs of this playlist is Whatever It Takes. <laughs> Whatever It Takes uh, by Imagine Dragons. Okay, I really like that song, so that works. So like <laughs> I was saying, Alessandra, I really enjoyed the interview. Uh, thank you for coming. It's really special for me uh, being a small podcast still, having somebody like you. So thank you for coming and I wish you a really good rest in the off season and the best of luck for the following years. Thank you very much for having me. Have a good time.
Whatever it takes. 